This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Jared here with us today. How are you, Jared? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Harrison. Uh, Of course, of course. Where are you calling in from? Uh, Calling in from sunny Minneapolis, Minnesota. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so today is an interesting topic. I don't think we've actually had too many guests talk about this particular topic around internal communications um, and the challenges and kind of the strategies to make sure that it's as effective and efficient as possible. So um, I'm I'm really excited to be here. Let's start with you first. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about you and what you do. Yeah, so uh, I actually run a digital marketing agency that services staffing and recruiting firms throughout uh, the United States. And so uh, it's, it's always interesting when you talk about, um, you know, coming together and building an efficient organization, because literally, uh, you know, we're not only doing it for our company, but for, mm. uh, you know, other staffing firms in the United States. And uh, we actually have a parent company for Seek that uh, has a boutique agency in the Twin Cities where we're doing it for our clients uh, day in and day out. So awesome. Awesome. So uh, for those of you who you know, may not be super, super clear on the definition, let's start with the definition of internal communication. What, what do you mean by that? And why is it important? Yeah, yeah, I would say that it's, you know, it's really two pieces, right? It's at the end of the day, it's, it's the individual flow of information up and down the organization. But uh, I really think it takes two distinct pieces. One is kind of the corporate vision and, and mm. how you're managing that larger like leadership down approach of, you know, back in the day, it wouldn't be normal to necessarily like show your employees what your financials are or, right. uh, you know, what some of your leadership goals are. And I, I think that's really changing in the world we live in today. And then there's some more tactical uh, internal communication of, of your actual workflow of, how are you producing, you know, for a digital agency, a lot of times it will touch content and creative, and then it will touch the digital team, and then it will touch the automation team, and getting that information back and forth, uh, if communication and processes aren't streamlined, you know, it obviously falls apart, and and it ends up in, you know, stuff going on clients, uh, social media platforms with spelling errors, or right, right. an email going out that hasn't been edited, and and obviously you don't want that to happen either, so you know, to answer your second question of why it's important is, I mean, I just look at it from a, a macro level, of, you know, you can watch series or, or listen to podcasts on why it's important for your marriage or how you communicate with your kids or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's, it's kind of a never, never ending thing. And we have, we have two quotes at, at Parka. One is say it out loud, uh, you know, when you're talking about internal conflict between uh, employees or whatever, usually it's because they're too afraid to talk to each other and just iron out the issue. So say it out yeah. loud is one of our models. And then, and then the other is just over communicate all the time. You know, uh, I have a, not that I ever want to produce bad work, but I always have a saying, you can produce the best work in the history and communicate it poorly. And, you know, your clients are going to leave you, or you can yeah. produce average work and communicate it flawlessly. And, and they're, they're your best friends. And so, I mean, I think, whether you're looking at it internally or externally, you know, it, it helps job satisfaction, employee retention, you know, employee yeah. growth planning <laughs> and, and everything external with, you know, retaining clients and, and building, you know, a reputation in the marketplace. So, 
Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. And I love the fact that you brought up the first point around internal communication regarding kind of the vision and strategy, right? I think when people talk about internal communications, they often focus on like just the workflow between employees and the processes there. But of course, there's that first layer, especially from the leadership down, that's uh, just as important, if not more important than everything else. Yeah, I think, I mean, we've probably seen it more than ever. You know, if you go on your LinkedIn in the last six months, you'll see every other article is about like the great resignation and employees right. leaving left and right. And and they're doing a lot of studies and polls around why. And and it's rarely around, you know, leaving to make 5,000 more dollars. It's usually <laughs> around, <laughs> it's usually around like feeling valued, feeling like they yeah. have a career progression path, like feeling like they're uh, part of the family and, and all those, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like values versus you know, making another dollar. So I think it's, it's only going to get more important as, you know, millennials and, and the next generations enter the workforce. Gotcha. Yep. That makes sense. So let's start with uh, the kind of the common challenges that the organizations face within, with, with internal communication. And, and, you know, I'm sure some of them are kind of really highlighted throughout the remote work environment for, you know, employees. Uh, but let's start there. Any thoughts on common challenges? Yeah, I, I, I would say, I mean, <laughs> Uh, ironically, we've kind of touched on the two big ones, right? A lack of leadership transparency and a lack of processes. <laughs> uh, I think that's, those are the two big ones. I guess I'm giving all my sayings away early on, but, you know, I always say it's the head of the snake, right? Like if leadership isn't being transparent and, and it always starts at the top. And mm -hmm. so having that leadership team, you know, in, in our, we call them L10 meetings, but we have them every single week. And, like nothing's off the table. Like everything that's going on in the organization uh, is is included in that, and and then those directors go down to their individual right, right. teams and and communicate that message. So, as 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 I said, as uh, the millennials, you know, move into management roles and leadership roles, and and the older generations like bonding, <laughs> bonding with with different styles. I think that's right. that's definitely one of them, and then you know, for our agency specifically, not that, you know, we're not a billion dollar company by any means, but when you're in a startup phase, which is what I've spent most of my career in, you want the next, de uh, next deal, next sale. And so sometimes the processes, the SLAs, the right. uh, employee handbooks get put on the back burner to, to continue growing. And, and you realize that very defined steps throughout the growth process that things start breaking rather uh, rapidly if, if the internal processes aren't taken care of. And then, you know, outside of that, uh, I would just say, you know, leaders being too far removed from the hiring process. Again, mm. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a, a fortune 500 leader by any means. And obviously that takes different steps, but right. you know, as I'm sure we'll talk about today in some of my strategies is no matter what role it is from, you know, a college graduate joining our team to, our next VP, I'm always the first one to interview because <laughs> I want to know who the person is and I want to know how they, how they communicate, how they prepare. So what are some of the strategies to improve internal communications in, in the workplace? Yeah. So, you know, Harrison, as we were talking kind of before the show, I'm kind of an industry agnostic guy. And uh, so one of the, one of the things that's helped me in, in my career is finding systems that are kind of trans through industries right. and one of those being EOS I don't know if you're familiar with EOS mm. or not but it's huge in Minnesota uh, entrepreneurial operating system um, but that's something that for me has worked you know flawlessly it's probably not the right word but almost flawlessly no matter where <laughs> <Right>. I went <laughs> because it, it creates a cadence from 
you know, every quarter we meet, it's called a vision traction organizer. And so we start at the 10,000 foot level of like, you know, the 10 year big hairy audacious goal. Here's where we're going. Here's our core values. Here's our niche all the way down to the traction part of it, which is like, what do we have to accomplish this quarter and who owns it? And how are we going to solve those things all the way down to like a weekly cadence of what are the to do's, <laughs> what are the pressing issues? And we meet on it every week. So I think again, it, you know, it ultimately goes back to the process, finding, finding an operating system that allows for communication to go up and down. The other uh, one that I personally am pretty passionate about is, is one-on-ones. I mean, it might sound elementary, but <laughs> yep, <laughs> you yep, know, I think yep. it's becoming more, more commonplace in today's world, but one-on-ones are every week with direct reports. And then, uh, you know, one thing I've found effective over time is at least once or twice a year, we'll do skip level meetings where we're actually, you know, I'm meeting with some of the managers instead of the directors and VPs. And, and you just, you learn a lot through that process, right? Like it's yeah. amazing. Even when you're a 30 person company, how detached you can become from, you know, people that are two or three, <laughs> two or three levels below you. And, and in those one-on-ones, I think, you know, as a driver and as a leader, you have a tendency to like go into them with your preset agenda. And I, I try as hard as I can to keep it an open book, right? Like sometimes we have really hard discussions. Sometimes we talk about their families and their kids. And sometimes we talk about a client or something tactical, right. but I think, I think the importance is them coming to you, like, you know, with what's on their heart, quote unquote, <laughs> and hearing them out, because I think that goes a long ways with the value versus just like, here's the five questions. Like, what did you do last week? What are two things you're going to do next week? You know, and that <laughs> really kind of takes the, the emotion out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that absolutely makes sense. So you, you, you we, we talked about kind of the hiring component for this, right? Like you want to make sure that this is someone that can um, be a value add, you know, when it comes to these processes, can follow them and actually execute them. So any tips or tactics that you can share, um, you know, from an organization looking at whether it's, you know, identifying kind of the, the candidates or understanding kind of some of the questions that you can ask or conversations that you can have with these people. Um, any thoughts when it comes to hiring for these types of you know, skills so that you can make sure you have that internal communication down? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, uh, I'm sure someone has this trademark, but it's uh, like go beyond the resume, right? Like that's probably the simplest way, <laughs> way I can put it. It's like we're in a world now, uh, you know, especially working with staffing and recruiting firms where you have like LinkedIn and Indeed have easy implies and, you know, right. the candidate can flush out 40 applications in a half hour, but that doesn't mean that the hiring company has to have the same, <laughs> the same strategy. Right. And um, again, having spent most of my life in high growth startups is like time is money. And, and it's easy to be like, well, Jane, Jimmy, like you go hire the next social media marketer. But for me, it comes all the way back to like, that's the one thing I'm passionate about. And so when I really look at it, uh, I always do the first interview because I want to see if they're a culture fit. Like I can have a subject matter expert grill them to death on, you know, work product, but if they're not going to be a culture fit, <laughs> like why do we even continue the process? Right. And then, uh, you know, from, from our team's perspective, like after I do the first one and, and the subject matter expert does the second one, I've always found it useful to have the, the candidate come in with uh, three or four other people from our agency that work in different departments, because at the end of the day, 
when you're talking about processes that flow through departments, if if they're not getting a good vibe and, and our team's not getting a good vibe, like why why would we take that risk? And, yep. and then I would say, you know, in my actual first interview, you know, there's probably a lot of rules at bigger companies about, <laughs> you know, following the script and asking the same nine questions to everyone. You know, that's that's not really the approach I've taken as an entrepreneur. Like I hmm. I honestly started out with, hey, like what questions do you have for me? Because that hmm. automatically puts them into did they prepare? Uh, are they thoughtful thinkers? Do they come up with good questions? Are they critical? Uh, do they want the job? And so, you know, kind of uh, putting the ball in their court uh, per se to to really understand like who they are and <laughs> and what they're what they're looking for. I think tells a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, especially in this market, <laughs> you know, candidates have the upper hand and, and my, my tagline is like, I'm not going to hire you to fire you. So don't come here if you don't want to be here. And I'd much rather refer you to a friend or <laughs> another company to work for if this isn't the right place for you. So I think really, I guess what I'm saying in, in totality is like really yeah. setting the expectations in the interview process, right? It's not yeah, a yeah. one-sided, like, do you check boxes? It's, no, like right. you want to be here and be part of the team. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That absolutely makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Um, I mean, those are all the big questions that I had, Jared. Any, any kind of any last thoughts that you want to share? Yeah, I think you know you and I <laughs> talked about it a little bit. It's just like my background comes from from sports, and and so a lot of the things I've learned in my or taken into my professional career came from sports. And you know, we were we were chatting a little beforehand of just like I've been on great teams that underachieved and average teams that overachieve and, and whatnot. And I think if I look back on like what the grand theme is, it's like, did people respect the leader? Did the leader communicate expectations? Did the team bond together at the right time in the right season to excel uh, for the playoffs and, and whatnot? And so, you know, for those of you that, that have played competitive sports in the past, and, and even if you haven't, there's plenty of good books about, you know, influential sports coaches and, and whatnot. Yeah. And just kind of learning from their communication tactics, because, I mean, we don't need to overcomplicate it, right? I mean, business right. is really just a team, <laughs> team of trying to accomplish a goal. So, yeah, I think awesome. that's, uh, that'd be one tip for the road. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Jared. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Uh, yeah, so uh, parkamarketing.com. Uh, you know, I do uh, some blogging on there. I have done a few different podcasts, but... Um, because our agency is so hyper-focused on staffing and recruiting, uh, where you'll really find me is, you know, at conferences and uh, thought leadership groups within the staffing and recruiting industry, such as uh, American Staffing Association, TechServe Alliance, uh, Staffing Hub, Staffing Monthly, some of that stuff. So uh, if you're not in staffing, it might not be the best read, but uh, you can find <laughs> me there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes. Hey, Jared, thanks for your time. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on here, Sim. Absolutely.